Welcome to the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast with your host, Tom Singer. In each episode, we explore the interesting lives of business leaders, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and others who have a healthy dose of the entrepreneurial spirit. It is time to explore something cool. Now, here is your host, Tom Singer. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Thank you so much for tuning in and for being part of the Cool Things community. We try to have a lot of fun with this podcast. I know from uh, the letters and the emails that I get from regular listeners that uh, people feel that you know the wide variety of people we have on the show really exposes them to a lot of different ways that one can be an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a business leader, or someone who has a job who still has that entrepreneurial spirit. And that's what we have today is someone who's going to add to that conversation. Today, we have Justin Deese. Now, he is a highly sought-after business strategist. He's a visionary, and he's a self-made entrepreneur. In our little pre-interview, I asked him, did, you know, what did you do right out of college? And he kind of said, yeah, I had a job for like six months, and I didn't like it that way. They wanted me to do things their way, and I just jumped out and did my own thing. So from an early age, he set out to build his own companies, and he's had several flourishing businesses, and he is an e-myth business coach, and I want him to tell us a little bit more about that. But uh, he has a distinct talent for helping entrepreneurs recognize growth opportunities and remove what's hindering them from success. And you know what? That's what we're all about here at Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So today, I would like to welcome Justin Deese to the show. Justin, welcome to Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. Tom, thank you, man. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience. So why don't you tell us kind of who you are and what you do? Yeah, yeah. I am a, uh, I'm your typical entrepreneur. Uh, and actually, most of what I spend my time doing now is coaching and training. Um, I actually, you mentioned earlier about EMIF. I'm, I'm a certified EMIF business coach. And what I specialize in now is really the blue collar sector, so the service, service world, the service industries. So is that where you come out of? Is that where your first businesses were? Were you in that sort of blue collar world? Yes. Yeah. I was a, um, I started out in the, uh, actually the grill business and that grew into an appliance business that I still have today. I've, I've had it for almost 15 years now. And, um, that's transformed into uh, the plumbing business, and then now I, I just do coaching and training for the plumbing, heating, and air, and uh, electrical type of businesses. So, you know, that's interesting that I, I interview a lot of people, and one of the reasons I do this show is I learn so much. I don't think I ever thought there was a grill business, but actually, mm -hmm. you know, now that you say it, obviously, grilling is a huge thing, and there's all different ways to do it. So you started off <laughs> with, with a grilling business, and that led mm -hmm. to these to these other things. So now you're mainly a coach. So we all know what the e-myth is. I mean, I've, I've read the book. It's a phenomenal book. It has helped so many entrepreneurs. How did you become an e-myth coach? Actually, I, I, I started out as a client was, was how I originally uh, got connected with e-myth uh, because I was in that, that space of, okay, well, great. I'm putting in a hundred hours a week, but how <laughs> do I get to that next level? How do I, you know, there's only so many hours you have in a day and I didn't really understand systems and how they worked, and so it, it really – I turned to the book, and then once I read the book, then I kind of converted over to start being coached. So I, I actually hired a certified EMF coach, and after kind of getting to that next level, I realized that, that that's what my passion was, was to help other people in that position that, that I was previously in. So – 
You know, it's interesting because my, my natural inkling would be, I think most people who want to be a coach would want to be like coaching people in the white collar sector, right? I work a lot with attorneys and accountants and things like that. And that's just sort of where, now granted, that's the businesses that I came out of. I was a marketing director for a law firm and an accounting uh a consulting firm and a bank. So I've been you know, working around that. So you kind of go to what you know. But the more I, I think about it, you're actually probably brilliant to be focusing on that, that blue collar industry because so often people have a skill. They know grills or they know plumbing or, or whatever it is, and they spin off to do their own thing. But they probably don't have that entrepreneurial exposure necessarily. So it's, it's probably smart. But what, what led you really to choosing that as your niche? Well, so I knew the industry. So what I was doing is when I when I got certified through Emith, my original vision was to just start a, a coaching and consulting business, not specializing in blue collar. And I reached out to someone who was a mentor uh, of mine, and he said, "Hey, what if we uh, what if we go into business together?" And um, being as um, it was quite an honor, and I was I was flattered that he would even consider it. And he was in that space, and you know, the more we talked about it, the more I said, you know, I, I know this space, I know this business, and I can go deeper with people um, when they're in that that industry because I've done it and I've grown it from one truck to, you know, several million dollars in sales with lots of employees that span multiple states. So it just it seemed like a good fit. No, I think it's and it's, and it's been a great fit. I think it's really really smart. So let's take a step back. Justin, what led you to become an entrepreneur? I mean, you know, it's so easy in our society to just kind of get in line and do the corporate thing, whether it's blue collar or white collar or whatever. It's to, to get a job, punch that clock from nine to five. You know, you, you did it for only a few months. What, what caused you to say, uh-uh, I'm going my own direction? Well, I don't – well, first of all, I'm a terrible employee. <laughs> so let, let's hope I never have to have another job because a, a big part of how I see things is I try to make things simple and efficient. And sometimes working for larger companies, obviously that's frowned upon. You know, when you start asking questions of why, they go, "Well, that's because that's how we do it." And you go, "I know, but why?" Uh, so, I, I think I've always had it. You know, even as a kid, I would sell baseball cards or candy at school or whatever. And when I got older and I got out of school, I really wanted to do something different than the nine to five rat race. And and I knew that in order to do that, I had to create my own space to do it. So um, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have a wife that is supportive and um, believes in me and no matter how crazy of an idea, and, and she supported me, and that was it. We, we took off and hit the ground running. Now, I always wish if I could go back and do it again, I always wish that at 22 or 23 or 25, I would have taken the leap to go start my own business. I think the only regret I have is that I didn't go down my own path earlier. But starting at such a young age and just saying, to heck with this, I'm going to go do my own thing, you had to have seen some ups and downs. What, what were the hard parts of being, I don't know how old you were, I'm guessing 22. How, how, what were the hard parts about being in your early 20s and, and launching out on your own? Well, part of the challenge is that uh, as you go in front of meetings, and, and you're dead on it, I was, I was 22, and as I'm standing there in these meetings trying to uh, gain clients, you know, sometimes they look at you and go, where, where's, the, where's the real person? <laughs> where's your dad? How come you didn't yeah, exactly, bring your dad with exactly. you? So this is a family business, right? So that, that, became, that was a little challenging, but eventually the more I got over it, the more people got over it when I was doing presentations. And I just, you know, I, I kind of started go, to go, you know what, I'm good at what I do. And if, and if you don't see that, then, I'm, then maybe you're not my customer. So actually you turned so, it into an advantage. 
I, I think so. I mean, it, it probably took me a year or two of, you know, being door slammed in my face before I got to that point. But, but yeah, I, I think I do. And I think even now, um, even now, you know, it's a, a lot of the consultants are, are, are older than I am, but you know, I have a, a great amount of experience, I think. So, uh, it's, it's been a, I don't know, a blessing in early and sometimes a curse. It, it really depends on how you look at it. So if you, as you've made the transition to being a business coach and, and, and you're connected in with the E-Myth group and things like that, what's been the biggest transition for you to be able to go from, you know, hey, I'm a business owner, I'm doing my thing, to now I coach other people on how to do theirs? What's been the biggest hurdle? Well, the, the hardest thing about the entire thing was going from that business, uh, that business operator and making that mind shift to business owner. So and what I mean is, is, you know, when you're the operator, you're in the middle of everything. You've got your finger on the pulse of everything. And really, once I got managers in place, it, the hardest part was getting out of their way and letting them do what they're good at doing and, and letting them do what, what they're paid to do. So you still have your business. You just now focus your time on the coaching. Correct. So I, I, I still own three service businesses now that are in multiple states. But I have owner. I have uh, general managers in each business. So what do you what do you love about this life you've created? You've obviously created a lifestyle and you know a, a, a way to progress through life that is truly entrepreneurial. What is it you love? I think now my biggest the biggest thing that I love is the freedom that I have, um, and it's not the freedom because now obviously my clients I, I have to be. Uh, in certain places at certain times with them, but it's it's really the freedom that that my family and I have that uh, we didn't have before, and it's it's nice to get up in the morning and be excited about what you're doing, and that's I, I get up in the mornings and I'm I'm like a kid, I'm so excited it's like Christmas morning, and and I, I get to do something that I'm passionate about doing that I love doing. So, are there any parts of it you don't love? Are there any days when you think, God, I wish I followed direction better and just could have a nine to five? So in the early parts of my entrepreneur uh, adventure, yes, the answer to that is yes. There was many times when I went, I could make more money doing anything, <laughs> uh, working for someone. Yeah, you you go to work at nine, you get off at five, uh, versus the getting to work at five thirty in the morning and leaving sometimes at ten o'clock at night is uh, is tough, you know. And having a, a a family with kids that was that was not uh, that was difficult, but. Once I finally transitioned out of that and started to get serious about systems and about business and about how to grow it and operate it and own it, 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 it all became so much better. So what advice do you have for somebody? They're listening to this podcast. They're, they're out on their five-mile run or, or they're, they're on their commute, whether they're driving or they're riding the subway, and they're listening to this show right now, and they're thinking, I, I want to be like Justin. I, I want to go start my own thing. I want to have a couple of businesses or I want to go become a coach. What advice do you have for somebody who wants to take that leap? I would say figure out what you love and do that. Don't don't chase money. I think a lot of times people get into business and and as you talk to them, the very first thing they're interested in is is the money part of it. And money follows passion. And if you you know, like Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want, ultimately you'll get what you want. All right, so let's take that a step backwards, though. What if somebody doesn't know what they're passionate about? I mean, I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs myself. I coach some people. I have this coaching group called the Cool Things Project where we have a, a call every Monday night, and it's people who, who want to just figure out how to do more. 
But I know from talking to people that sometimes they, they aren't sure what that passion is. Now, for me, it was easy. I loved speaking. I found out you could make a, a, a living out of being a keynote speaker. And, and I spent, God, I don't know, seven or eight years studying the business. Because what I've found a lot of times is things look like one thing from the outside. And when you dive in, it's entirely something different when you're on the inside of the business. So I spent a lot of time sort of analyzing it. And so by the time I took the leap, I knew what I was getting into. But I also, after so many years, was sure that I got a real charge out of doing that. But a lot of people, they just know they want to do something different than they're doing. How do you, how do you tell somebody, you know, follow your passion if they don't know what their passion is? So I, I think in order to, to do that, and I think that's a great question, is to, you, you have to get real about your vision. What, what do you want your life to look like? And, and the more you write a vision and the, and the clearer you are on the vision, and start working backwards, it, it gets easier. And it's kind of like putting a puzzle together. If you have a picture of the puzzle, what it looks like at the end, putting the pieces together is much easier than getting a, you know, an entire pile of puzzle pieces with no picture trying to put it together. So the more you know what you want the end result to look like, I think the easier it becomes to find out what it is you're passionate about doing. Well, I'm a big fan of, of reverse engineering you know, your goals, so I, I'm 100% in agreement with you. But let's talk about this. So someone's listening, and they're thinking, you know, yeah, I, w- I want to go do this. What do they need to do to be able to draw that picture? Let's, let's help somebody here. Yeah. So I think you just have to get – I think you have to get in your right place. Uh, I know with a lot of my clients, the very first place I start with is vision. I don't I – don't, we can't really go any further down that – down that path until we know what we want it to look like. And a lot of times my clients have to go to whatever their happy place is, right? I, I live down here in the Gulf Coast of Florida. So, you know, mine is the beach. Uh, some people it's hunting, some people it's whatever. But I think you have to get your mind in that place, whatever that looks like, to start figuring out what is it that I love to do? What is it that, that charges me up in the morning? Because no one can tell you what you're passionate about, right? I mean, you, you've, that's got to come within. Uh, but I, I think that's the steps is you really have to to go backwards and, and each person knows what they're what they're passionate and what they love to do. All right. So someone has identified what they love to do. They they love to do ceramics. Now what? So I would think that uh, probably your next step would be your networking. You know, if you've got ceramics, what need is there for ceramics? What what need is in that space? All right, is so let's let's talk about this, this networking thing. Why is networking important? Well, again, as the saying goes, your your network is your net worth, you know. And the, the more people you know allows you to touch more people. And I think that network is so so important because not only for for what you can do, but what you can get from a network. So networking is crucial. So define networking in your terms. So I, okay, well, good example is I I just got back from a from a conference uh, over the weekend. And met, gosh, I don't know, several hundred people, and then now we're we're connected on different social media groups, and the information goes back and forth of of just networking. Hey, here's what I do. Here's what you know Bob needs. He needs this thing done. Do you know anybody who does it? And it again, it just kind of organically starts to happen where you can grow out of uh, and help people, right? Help people connect people. 
Well, and I mean, that's what I teach. So I think that this is, I mean, you're, 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 you're preaching to the choir. But as a guy who coaches business people, how do you coach them to network? A lot of people push back, right? I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, I hate network. Oh, it's smoozing. Oh, you know, I'm an introvert. How do you, how do you help people understand what it means to, to why your network matters? Well, I think it's, a, again, it's a good question. And we talk about networking, especially with the, the blue collar world. Because it gets you out there. It gets your name out there. And you, there's, there's so many different ways to network. 15, 20 years ago, the only way you networked was handing out business cards at the Chamber of Commerce or a BNI meeting. Now you can network on different platforms. Like you said, you have a mastermind group on, on Mondays where everybody gets on the phone. Or you can get on LinkedIn and have a group conversation or Facebook. But the more people understand your brand and know your brand – the larger your business and, and the more successful your business. I don't mean to say large, but the more successful your business can grow. You bring up a really interesting point. I'm enjoying this conversation because you bring up the fact that for, is, is networking different if someone is blue collar? I hadn't thought about this. Why, you know, you bring that up and all of a sudden my mind starts spinning and in sort of a good way, but is it different for people in different types of jobs? I don't think so. I mean, you still have the same you still want to network with people. You, when you network, you you don't network with intent, right? I think you go after networking uh, with just the the understanding of knowing what other people do, knowing what other people do in your community. I mean, depending on your industry, you might network in in larger areas. But for instance, a, a plumbing company, they're not going to go network in a different state. They're going to network in their in their backyard. So they're they're realtors or they're you know insurance companies or, or whomever. So yeah, I, I think it. Uh, you you should network no matter what your business is. Well, and and I'm actually agreeing with you fully here because the number one mistake people make when they think about networking is is they sort of prejudge, right? Mm -hmm. they, they they sort of put people into a box and think, oh well, you know, I don't want to network with him. I only need to go to this group. A, you never know who's going to be the person who connects you up. I mean, as a professional speaker, something like almost ninety percent of the conferences I speak at come through word of mouth. And if you were to say, oh, you know, I'm going to have you go speak at this conference of meeting planners, I would prejudge it going, yay, I'm going to get a billion referrals. And that might be where I get no referrals. And then if you were to say, oh, I'm going to have you go speak to this conference where there's going to be a bunch of plumbers. And I think, well, I don't speak to plumbers. They're not going to spin anything off. That's where I'll get three or four calls because one of the plumbers, her husband happens to be a lawyer or, you know, she belongs to another association that happens to do a conference. And so I never can prejudge who I'm going to meet, who's going to become a referral source for me. And that's the hardest, I think, natural thing inside of us is we want to sort of prejudge these things. So I think you bring up a good point is people are people and we can't prejudge them. We just have to put ourselves out there and, and try to be helpful as, mu as much as we can. Great. So, Justin, I've got a couple more questions for you. But before I go on, I've got to thank the sponsor of this episode. So this episode is brought to you by Podfly Productions. Podfly takes the time and the headache out of creating your own podcast. They set you up with the right equipment, training, and guidance to ensure that you sound amazing. Podfly does all the heavy lifting and the technical work so that you can focus on creating great content, growing your audience, and interviewing cool people like Justin Deese. Hey, for an exclusive offer for those of you who want to start a podcast, jump over to podfly.net slash cool things and check out the offer that they have for the listeners of this show. So Justin, I call the show Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. So tell us, 
Tell my audience, what is the coolest thing you're doing with your company right now? Uh, well, actually, my wife and I, we just bought an RV, and we are going to be traveling around the country with our two kids doing speaking engagements and training. Awesome. Tell me more about that. What are you going to do? Where are you going to be? How are you going to set it up? So we're, we're going to leave in May when the kids get out of school. How, first of all, how and, old are your kids? Uh, they are 9 and 11. And you're going to live in an RV with a 9-year-old and an 11-year-old. Wow. Yeah. God love you. <laughs> so go on. Tell us more. That's cool. This is cool. So, so w w inside, of, inside of our company, Blue Collar Success Group, uh, we have different memberships. So uh, what I'm going to do is, is go see some of our members as I travel across the country. And then we'll end up in Phoenix. My, my business partner, Kenny Chapman, he lives in Phoenix. So we're going to travel from the Panhandle of Florida out to Phoenix. And then we'll be there for a couple of weeks. And then we're going to shoot over to Southern California, shoot up the PHC. And we're going to kind of do speaking engagements where we can. And we're, we're not sure when the road show is going to end yet. So we know it's going to start in May. And we're going to kind of take it one at a time. So that's that's by far the most exciting thing that that, that we've got in the pipeline. So what if it goes more than three months? Are you going to homeschool the kids come September? Uh, that would be the plan. Yeah, that's that's my wife's plan. <laughs> no, I think so. I, I think this is great. And so are you going to put on your own events? What are you going to do? Uh, we, we will put on some events, but we uh, we already have some preset events. Being with Blue Collar, we hold three events a year. So, yeah, we'll do some events for local uh, local associations and local groups, and then we'll put on meetings for our existing clientele. Oh, I think I think that's fantastic. So I think in addition to wanting to do cool things in their business, which obviously you are, I think that great entrepreneurs, I think they're observers. So I love to ask the people who come onto this show, who is it out there who you see that you think, wow, that person is doing something cool, and what are they doing? So the, the person that comes to mind is actually not, not even alive anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Now that I think about That's it. That's all right. There's no rules to this question, man. Yeah. Um, so, so, and I mentioned Zig Ziglar earlier. I think Zig is a, is a, is a great inspiration to sales and to entrepreneurs and and his his theme is just about you know giving 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 with with no no expectation other than to give and to get you know and, and just see what you get back but give to just give give to help others well and i actually think that he's actually a great example and it's funny because you say he's not alive anymore but in a way he sort of is because his son, I think his son is Tom Ziegler. His son yeah. is still yeah. running the Ziegler companies. And if you listen to podcasts or if you're involved in, in anything around, you know, motivation and things like that, he continuously pops up because his social media is still active and mm -hmm. they, they do an ongoing podcast under Zig's name with the son sort of running it. So I'm going to give you a break that he's not really dead because he lives <laughs> on in social media every single day with the help of his company and his children. But, you know, it's really interesting because I've spent eight years earning my living as a paid professional speaker. And I will tell you that he's obviously a legend in the business of, of being a speaker and, and having, you know, set out to, to live in this world. You know, Ziegler is, is clearly one of the people who, uh, 
you know, we all strive to, to be like, because he certainly laid the foundation for uh, what wasn't even an industry 30, 40 years ago. He really laid that foundation. He was a very active member of the National Speakers Association. And although he was in the waning years of his life and not active when I got there, many of my peers and many of my friends knew Zig pretty well. And, and he was someone who did exactly what you said. He was a giver. Right. So the final question I ask everybody is, in addition to being great observers, I think that entrepreneurs, you know, I think they want to leave their mark behind. So I always ask everybody who comes on the show, what is it that you do to give back to the greater good? Well, I, I think that's how I ended up in coaching. Um, I, I went through the process of being that struggling entrepreneur for so many years that now I, I really want to help business owners transform from business operators to business owners, which ultimately ends up giving them more life. So I think there's got to be somebody who's listening to this show who they themselves have a blue collar industry style business, kind of a services business, you know, in that, in that realm. Someone who, as my one friend says, you know, greasy and grimy. That's, he's a professional speaker who teaches sales and he says he works with people who are greasy and grimy. And I bet somebody's listening who either has a business that's that they have an idea for a business that's in that realm, or their brother, their sister, their neighbor, their dad, their cousin. Somebody lives in that kind of a world, and they're listening to this thinking, hey, I've got to put him in touch with Justin Deese because he can help him get out of the rut that they're in, or he can help me get out of the rut that I'm in. So if someone is listening to this and they think, I, I need to talk to the Blue Collar Success Group, how do they find you? A couple ways. Probably the easiest way is the website which is just justindees.com, and that's D-E-E-S-E. Uh, and when you go to the site, too, we always offer free coaching sessions. Regardless of what industry you're in, even if it's not blue-collar, even if it's white-collar, we still have plenty of EMF coaches that can, that can help you. Awesome. So they want to go to Justin Deese. That's Justin D-E-E-S-E. Dot yep. com, and they'll find out all the information they got to do. Well, Justin, I want to thank you for jumping on and being a guest here on Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do. I think you added a lot of value and probably got some people to think a little differently, and that's what we try to do here on this show. Awesome, Tom. I appreciate you having me, and I appreciate your audience listening to me. Nah, this was great. And for those of you who listen, as I always say, if it wasn't for the audience, we wouldn't have a show. We're going to be back in a couple of days with an interview with somebody just as cool as Justin Deese. I know, hard to believe, but we'll find them. But I want you to tune back in in a couple days. But do me a favor. If you like this show or you listen regularly, jump over to iTunes and leave a review because that helps the show get found and it just makes my day happier when a new review shows up on iTunes. But in the meantime, I want you to go out there and have a great day. Thank you for being part of the Cool Things Entrepreneurs Do podcast. Without your participation and listening to these conversations, there is no show. Connect with Tom at TomSinger.com and follow him on Twitter at, at TomSinger. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.